Hey everybody, welcome to the Fearlessly Authentic Podcast, episodes aimed at presenting truth in a fearlessly authentic way. I'm Jerry, and we're starting a new series today. Have you ever been distracted? It's so easy today to be distracted by so many things. I just think of my cell phone and how many times that my cell phone just distracts me. Today we're going to start a series on distractions looking at the life of Samson, how he was distracted by lust, apathy, and pride. We're going to be in Judges chapter 14, so go ahead and turn in your Bibles to that chapter as we look at the distraction of lust. Judges chapter 14, the dangers of distractions. We're talking about Samson, Samson's story. If you look at Judges chapter 13, that's where we, we come upon who Samson is. The, the children of the Lord, of, or the children of Israel, did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines 40 years. See, Judges is one of those books where, okay, so I do right. And then I get cocky about it. And I forget that God is the reason why I was doing right and got me out of trouble. So then I'm like, I don't need God. I don't need him at all. I'll do what I want to do. It doesn't matter. And, and God, I don't even know if God cares anyway. So then I get into trouble and God says, okay, here comes judgment. And he usually uses, well, he always used one of Israel's enemies to come and oppress them. And it usually was these rotten Philistines. The rotten Philistines were always usually the ones that, that they were coming at, coming at. You hear about the Philistines all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. Philistines, 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 right? So the Philistines, they, they were the ones that were coming to oppress. And what God would do is that, that, that he would oppress them for years. And then under the oppression, they would repent of their ways and turn to the Lord and ask the Lord to deliver them. And then he would send a deliverer. And this is the book of Judges. This is the cycle that goes through, goes through, goes through. The book of Ruth was written sometime during this time of the Judges. And so at this time, there was this evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered in the hand of the Philistines. How long? 40 years. 40 years. Now, when we read those, in, we read years in the Bible, we kind of like, mm, yeah, okay, 40 years. Imagine 40 years. That means, like, they were, that, I'm 47, so that was, that, that's almost my whole lifetime. They were under the power of a pagan country. And the first part of it, they're not caring because they don't love God, but eventually they realize that their freedom has been ripped away. It's just like any sin. You get into sin and it starts to take over you and you don't even realize it's taking over you because you're having so much time partying all the time, partying in the USA, all that kind of stuff. You just, oh, it's so exciting, so exciting, so exciting. You don't even realize that sin is taking over. And then eventually you're like, wow, something has happened. And, and that's the way kind of life works there. So what happened after that? Well, then there was this man named Zora, the family of Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. The angel came and she said, you're going to have this, this child. And lo and behold, they have this child named Samson. Now, Samson is a special child. In the fact that verse 5 says, For thou, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So can you imagine, ladies, imagine, ladies, come on, ladies. Uh, you find out that you're going to be pregnant, and that the child that, it, that you're going to have, first of all, the fact that an angel came and told you about this freaks you out in the first place. Okay? Second of all, this, 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 this angel says, now your child is going to be a Nazarite. Now, for us here, we're, not, we're like, Nazarite, Shmazarite, who cares? But a Nazarite was a big deal there. There were certain restrictions upon them. And, and you see that, that he, it says here, he couldn't be a good Baptist because no razor shall come upon his head, right? So he had that long, flowing Fabio look, you know what I mean? I, I wanted that when I was a kid. I just wanted to have long, flowing locks. I'd never had long, flowing locks. I had some soccer shag, but... Uh, uh, but I didn't have any, I didn't have any uh, long flowing locks. But, but for this guy, no razor should come upon his head. So no cutting his hair. So he was looking pretty wild, pretty cool looking, you know. Had that, had that hair going on, right? 
And, and then uh, he has to take the vow of the Nazarite. They couldn't touch dead things, and there were certain things they, could, they couldn't, couldn't drink, and, and all this kind of stuff. But it says, he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So your child is going to be the one that's going to deliver Israel out of 40 years of oppression. All right, you're pretty excited, right? Getting pretty excited. You're like, what? And the fact that you were barren up to this point now explains maybe why God left you barren. See, sometimes we, 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 we don't see the why, and we get mad until he shows us the why. Now, understand that he may not show us why till the other side of heaven, but it's interesting that when he shows us the why, we're like, oh, yeah. Which, which, which means that whether he shows us here or there, we should just kind of, okay, this is, this is God's lot, and what, is he, what, what can he use this for? He uses this to say, this is what I want you to do. He says, you're going to conceive a son, and, and, and now drink no wine, nor strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite from God to God from the womb to the day of his death. So he was going to be this Nazarite for the whole time. And then Manoah comes and he entreats the angel. And they're pretty excited because they're going to have a baby. And then verse 24, because everyone likes the birth of a baby. Say amen. amen. And a woman bare a son and called his name. You say it. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtol. How many of you know the story of Samson? How many of you know the story of Samson? Raise your hand. You know the story of Samson. Good. Good, so I won't fill in too much detail. But I do, but I do know that Samson, we look at Samson, we're like, Samson, I don't understand this dude, right? I mean, here he has everything set up for him. We're going to see here in, in chapter 14, he totally blows it. He totally messes up. 15, 16, he eventually is so lustful that he's playing around with death with this chick and plots his death, in, in essence, you know, he doesn't kill him, but plots his death and cuts his hair. He loses his power at the end. He's chained up in the Philistine jail between two things. He prays that God would give him one last thing. His hair begins to grow because I'm thinking, okay, so if the hair was his power, I'm going to assign a barber to him in jail. But Philistines aren't that smart. And so they started to let his hair grow. His hair started to grow. They're having a party. And they're like, oh, look at Samson. He's got no eyes. And he's like, Lord, give me one more time. And boom, he kills all these Philistines, right? And we're thinking, failure, 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 failure. Come on. I've heard preacher after preacher after preacher say, Samson, you don't want to be like a Samson, and Samson is no good, and what a waste of his talent. But, 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 okay, a lot of people lived in the Old Testament say amen. Only a few are mentioned in a chapter called by humans, but I think God would agree, the Hall of Faith. Guess who's in the Hall of Faith? I can't figure that out. <laughs> when I get up there and be like, What? So he blew almost everything, every chance he had. Yet it says here, And what shall I more say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson? I'm like, what? Samson in the Hall of Faith? I mean, that's like putting the Buffalo Bills in the Hall of Fame for winning Super Bowls. You didn't win! But obviously there's some things that he did do that God said, okay. You know what I love about that? You know what I love about that? I don't have to be perfect. Come on. I can mess up hugely. Now, I'm not saying I, I should go mess up hugely. I can mess. If I do mess up, I can still go back to him and still be useful to him. Because somehow, Samson was useful enough that out of all the people in the Old Testament, God's like, I'm going to put Samson in that hall. And I'm thinking, of all the people, that's who you put there? Samson. Really? Really? Anyway, we come to chapter 14. Samson is all grown up, because here's the guy. Verse 25, the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtol. Now, understand, Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, different than the Holy Spirit in the New Testament? 
No, not a different Holy Spirit, but the way he interacted with man was different, right? Because in the New Testament, when we get saved, we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us permanently till ever, right? And, and, and in the Old Testament, that's not how it happened. The Spirit would come, the Spirit would go, the Spirit would come, the Spirit would go. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me, David says in the Psalms. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Bring it back. And so God would be with you. Be away. He would put the spirit of power on you, take it away, put it on you. It was all based on if-then covenants, okay? If you do this, I'll be with you. If you don't do this, I'm away from you. That's the way it is. Different in the New Testament. But this is what we're in the Old Testament, so this is what we're talking about here. So it says, we, we see a grown-up Samson now. We don't know anything about his younger years. We don't know how well he did in Little League Baseball. We don't know. We don't know what his batting average is. We, we don't know if uh, he, he made Eagle Scout. Don't, we, don't, we don't know that. We don't know. We don't know how well he did at his first job, you know, or if he saved any money. We don't know even if he had any dating going on. We don't, we don't know anything about him, but we do start to see him as a man. Beginning in chapter 14, Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. That's just, that's just a crazy way to start your story. Right? Samson's like, no, please. He's up there right now. Oh, not again. Not again. You know, I, I know better. But, you know, back then, I just, you know. And isn't that like us? We, we, we someone starts telling our story. We're like, oh, no, don't tell that story. Not again. I learned. I learned. Please stop telling that story. You know, your wife or husband tells that story, and afterwards you go, please. How many times do I have to tell you? Please don't tell that story in front of other people. I know. I know. I learned a lesson. and other, But please don't tell that story, right? Samson's right now. Oh, please don't tell my story. But it's in the Bible, so we're going to tell a story. Uh, but what did Samson, Sam, Samson, had, Samson we're going to see here throughout all of his time here that we have recorded him, he, he became something that we can be tempted to do. He became distracted. He became distracted. And though his physical strength was mighty and it was evident, his character, his integrity, and even his spiritual commitments were very weak. And I think what Samson had to learn uh, was something that we pretty much all know, and that this is it. It doesn't take much to distract us, right? There was no such thing as ADD when I was a kid. No such thing. But I think I had it. I do. I'll get going on something and I'll totally forget what I was going on and I'll go off just a squirrel. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, I, I do. So, you know, and I don't, I don't know if it's so much ADD or if I'm just a, a boy, a guy, you know, and we're just, you know, we have short-term time limits. You know what I mean? Like, I want, I want to be there for my wife and I want to listen. I really do. I really do. Just not for a long time. Because I got, I mean, I'm thinking about other things to do and, and I really have to focus. I mean, I really do. I really have to go, okay. I'm really going to focus. I've really been working on this because I've been like, I've been teaching you guys on marriage. I had to get ready for a marriage conference. And you know, you can't go up there with your wife to a marriage conference while you're fighting with your wife, with strangers, because they know, they know, and you know. And so that, that's kind of hard to do. So I've really, really been trying to work and really trying to concentrate, 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 concentrate. And I'll be honest with you, the other day, I just blew it. I just blew it. I just, I just did. I just did. I was just dumb. I was just dumb. I was just dumb. I just, you know, you know, you're like, you know, I only got, I'm blown my limits, you know, and I just, you know, and you just, you just, you just lose it. And I'm thinking, oh, I just ruined everything. And so I know, you know, usually I'm like, I wait till she says something because that's what guys do. We don't want to deal with it. So when the wife comes to talk, oh yeah, we really, but I thought, oh, okay, I will take the advantage and I will, I will, I will, I will make the first step. And so I just went to a card, uh, to the card place and I bought this card and I'll tell you what it said. It said, I'm sorry. I open up the card. I pretty much suck. And that's, that's, that's just, the, just the way it was because that's kind of what it was for me. And I just was like, said it all, you know. And so, um, uh, so, so that's, that's what, that's what I, I, I did for, uh, to know that I, I get distracted pretty easily. And, and that's why I got to have notes. Like I see these guys preach without notes and I'm like, ah, I gotta, I need, every once in a while I got to come back to where I am. 
uh, like tonight. Uh, so, but anyway, <laughs> verse 1 through 4, uh, Samson went down to Timnath, and he saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Uh, now, that wouldn't be so bad. You know, I went down, I saw this, uh, this lady, came home, told my mom and dad, said, hey, saw this lady. You know, oh, well, okay, okay, but, but this is what's bad. At the end of verse 2, he says, now, therefore, get her for me. Get her for me to wife. I mean, it's not like, hey, you know, maybe we should pray about this, you know, because I am the deliverer, because you did tell me about that story, that angel came down, the whole thing, and I am a Nazarite, you know, and I'm not supposed to really hang out with these girls down from Timnath, but she's really pretty, and I don't really know what to do, so maybe, Dad, you could help me, and Dad would take him out and, you know, kind of help him out with his temptation and kind of lead him in the right way and pray with him, and Mom would be getting on her knees and praying, but no, no, no. No, Samson came home, and Samson had this, like, you're going to do what I want you to do. You're going to do what I tell you to do. Now, I, I don't want to read too much into this, but I, I really think that Samson's parents might have missed the boat on a couple things. Now, I can't prove that, okay? But the way in which, like, I'm not a perfect parent, but I think that my kids are not coming home and telling me. There, there's something here. I don't know if they raised him, like, you know, with kid gloves because he's the deliverer, or I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know, okay? But it just seems to me that we should at least acknowledge the fact that there's a possibility that our parenting affects our kids in the future. Can we say that? Yeah, so if you drop the ball on purpose, I don't mean like you're trying and it's just not working out, or your kids just go crazy and you did everything you did. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like you know you should it and you don't do it, or you, you baby your kids, okay? Don't baby your kids, okay? They're your kids, they're not your friends. So make sure that they understand what's going on. And, and sometimes they need the strong hand of discipline. Sometimes they just need that, okay? You need that. I need that, okay? Just don't let your kids get, a, get, get, get out because they end up coming home telling you, you know, hey, this is the way it's going to go. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? Are you nuts? What's going on, Samson? Isn't there a pretty girl around here? No, instead of just saying, Samson, no, we're not going to get this Philistine lady because you're the deliverer, they're like, why don't you just pick a girl from around here? Okay, not, not, not dealing with the fact that Samson's totally out of control with his lust. Just, but why don't you do that? And Samson and his father, get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord, that he saw an occasion against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. That verse just sometimes confuses me. Now, what I do know is that it wouldn't be of the Lord for Samson to go and break God's law. So... This is a verse that's very clear to me that God knew the wrong choice he was going to take, allowed him to make the wrong choice, but all things work together for good to them who love God. Them He's going to take that choice and use it to his benefit. It isn't going to work out for Samson, but it is going to work out for him. You see, the first thing I see here is Samson's request for a spouse, or what I call the distraction of lust. This can distract us crazy, man, crazy, crazy. We see the woman that Samson chose, nothing good comes from Timnath. You could go to Genesis chapter 38, start in verse 12 and read down there. If you're taking notes, I'm not going to turn there. I was, but I'm not. Uh, you could turn there and you could read a little bit about Timnath and find out nothing good comes from Timnath. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So the woman that God chose, Samson had a wrong focus. It says that he saw. The word saw means to look at, to inspect, or to perceive, or to consider. Reminds me of Genesis chapter 6 and verse 2, and I'm not going to tell you who the sons of God are because I don't know who they are, but it says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. So what happened as a result of that little seeing thing that happened? Well, limited lifespan, wickedness in the human race. That didn't work out too well. 
Second Samuel chapter 11, verse 2, it says, And it came to pass in the eventide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. You, you, know, what Sam, you know what David could have done at that point? Can I just stop right here and just say this about the distraction of us? What was David's position at that time? He was the king. So if you're the king, who makes the rules? The king, right? So he's up there. He sees this girl. She's in her birthday suit. He could have just came back and said, wow, I need to make a law. Nobody can bathe naked on their rooftop. Could he have not done that? You see, here's, here's the thing. You sometimes can't control what comes on your internet, but you can make a law that says no more. See what I'm saying? Sometimes you can't control it. It just shows up. So it shows up on your TV, shows up on the billboard, shows up walking in the mall. But you can make a law because you're the king of your life. In a sense, I remember Jesus is king, but you, you make the decisions. You're the decision maker. You can make the decision to say, no, not, we're making a law. We're making a law. Anyway, what's the result of that? Adultery, death, family, judgment, right? All from his, what did it start with? Start with a look. Job says, I've made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I look upon a maid? First John says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. Samson's eyes were distracted and focused on the wrong goals. They were focused on getting him a fulfillment of his lust. Not only did he have uh, a wrong focus, he had a wrong feeling. Look at verse 2 again. He came up and told his father and mother and said, I've seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Not the, therefore, get her for me to wife. Now, how many people? It's, it, the Hebrew is poetical. So sometimes it shows emotion and sometimes it doesn't. It's just the way it is. It's more emotional than Greek. But here there's no sense of exclamation point or there's no sense of, you know, of, of the tone of voice. But how many people think that he said this very kindly? Hey, Mom, Dad, what do you think? Do you think you might be able to go down and convince this uncircumcised Philistine's uh, daughter to come and uh, maybe you know, marry me? What do you think, Mom, Dad? Do you think that's how he did it? Or do you think he kind of came in and said, I need this? Now, now, now don't answer this out loud. But when you're lusting for something, how demanding are you? Now, now, please don't always go sexual with lust, okay? I told you this morning I, have, I struggle with potato chips. Hi, my name is Jerry. I'm, I'm, I'm a recovering potato chip addict, right? And, and when I want potato chips, I want them. You know what I mean? So it's going to be potato chips. It could be ice cream for you, some of you ladies, some of you guys. You know? It's not just a bowl of ice cream. It's the gallon, right? And, like, forget the bowl. Give me the caramel right in this whole thing. In the microwave for about, you know, 15 seconds to thaw it out so I don't have to, you know, break my spoon. And I'm there in front of the couch. Can I have a scoop? No! This is my Ben and Jerry's. Not yours. Right? I mean, that's how we are, right? See, when we lust for something, we're, we're very demanding. We're very, I want it now. Look at your kids. You know, your kids before they got any sense in them? They want something? They don't come up to you and go, hey, do you think it'd be okay if I uh, hit my brother in the face? No, just a... But see, what happens is we get very demanding when we lust. And so in verse 2, we see that Samson had a wrong feeling. Why? What he wanted was something that God said they shouldn't have. Now, every no that the Old Testament says, every time the Bible says don't, it's this. Don't hurt yourself. That's what it is. It's not don't have fun and come be a Christian so that you can not do any fun things anymore. Okay? I've been a Christian now for 26 years. I can tell you, I've had more fun in 26 years than the 21 years that I was not a Christian. And I had a lot of fun as, a, as an unsaved person. I did a lot of fun, fun things and a lot of things I'm not proud of. And I've done some things as a Christian I'm not proud of, but I have had more fun as a Christian. 
more fun as a Christian when I realize the liberty that God gave me. So when God says no, he's not saying, I want you to just be miserable and love me and be my light. And that's what we are. We go out as these, we go out as these lighthouses with angry faces on. You know, it's like a kid's story. There's the angry lighthouse who's walking down the street. He's not a happy lighthouse because he didn't get what he wanted, but he's shining his light because he wants to fulfill his duty. This is the Mr. Angry Lighthouse. That's what we are. That's what we are sometimes. Come on, right? We should be the happy lighthouses. We should be like, okay, this is cool. Now, understand a lighthouse never gets to go to sea, but it sure protects a whole lot of people from crashing into the shore. Thanks for listening today to part one of The Distraction of Lust, part of our series on distractions. If you were encouraged by what you heard today, we hope that you would share a link to our podcast on your social media so other people could hear about what we're doing here on our podcast. Thanks for listening today. We hope to see you next time for another episode of Fearlessly Authentic. Fearlessly Authentic.